Hey everybody, I'd like to welcome you out to Robin's podcast number three here at the shop on the old bench in the training room. Um, we got myself, I'm the sales manager. My name is Richard Williams. We got Skylar Heath over here to my right. Yo. He's our install manager. Got Drew Antonini, our service manager. Howdy. At the old caddy corner away from me. Caddy. And then Steve Robbins. We're we're buddy buddy over we're here. All, we can really look at each other. We're all back. He's the owner. So, um, what are we going to talk about today? Here come the man in black. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is thinking that. <laughs> uh, no. Yes. Uh, good question to start out with. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten in your whole life? I've kind of announced mine a couple times, so you guys probably know what it is. But um, peanut butter, mayonnaise, and uh, tomato sandwiches. Nope. That's uh, that's that's pretty common where I'm from, though. So pretty pretty interesting. But uh, I've yet to make you guys try it. But it's it's they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. So I'm, I'm assuming you would eat it again. Oh yeah, all day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't eat them very often, but I've I've made them a couple times. You know, it's not something you think about. I'm more of a meat guy now, but they uh they are pretty pretty delicious. So I have to give that a full. That yeah, yeah it's really good, really good. I'll pick you off of that one. Well, it might not be too full because one going off of that was peanut butter, pickle, mayonnaise, and peanut butter. That one's a good one. <laughs> Double up on <laughs> the old <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. Peanut butter. I did see you licking a spoon of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, see that. That one so is that one's money. I it's, feel like uh, you're just throwing <laughs> stuff together at this no, point. That, <laughs> yeah, no, that <laughs> one was. Maybe we should clarify. Delicious. It has to be an actual food, not just whatever's in your cupboard. <laughs> you do have <laughs> that, that one's five delicious. gallon bucket. In it is. It is delicious. But the other one would be Brazilian. That one I would do again. That so in Arkansas they have. Like a restaurant that you can go to and they just bring out it's brazilian food and meat. so you have a little yeah they bring out just different meats you have a little token on your table and it's either green or red and if it's green that means bring it on if it's red that means don't stop just, and just keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sir, you yeah. can't have green anymore. You've That's been right. here since 11 when we stopped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i only closed it down twice uh, it's fine for me, I've got a uh, brother-in-law that's a little more adventurous. I don't, I don't venture out when it comes to eating. I like the, the traditional, fried chicken type stuff. Anyway, we were at a restaurant and he ordered some Rocky Mountain oysters, and mm. I had to try it because he was there, and I didn't want to disappoint him. I don't think I would do it again. <laughs> but the nice thing, they were fried, so I think that was probably about the only reason or why I. I would eat those. What? What? Is, what? What about it? Why wouldn't you eat it again? Just the thought of it. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably it. How, how did it taste? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I, I drowned it in ranch. ranch. Oh, ranch! <laughs> yeah. it tasted exactly like Hidden Valley. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty funny. Hey, you remember that one time we went elk hunting, and I intentionally saved the Rocky Mountain oysters of that elk. Mm -hmm. They were pretty tasty. No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. I did it. All right. Yeah. Uncooked. Did you, you fry it? Mm -hmm. Okay. They were, they were bread and fried. Nice. Wow. Would you do it again? Yeah, I've done it again. Oh, have you? Uh, nice. It's legit. Nice. Um, I think so. <laughs> last time my wife was pregnant, um, I told her, "Hey, I looked up what the most common pregnancy cravings are, and one was pickles and peanut butter." He did pickles and peanut butter, and I was like, "I'm gonna try it." And she said, "I ain't gonna try it." And so I tried it, and it was delicious. Mm -hmm. Something about the peanut butter accentuates the, the pickle. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. What do you mean the last time your wife was pregnant? She's pregnant now. Yeah. Am I supposed to say that? Does everybody know that already? Well, now they do. Now they do. America, get ready. Steve. Yeah, yeah, another Williams on the way. Coming yeah. in. So. Perfect. Eric, you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to other podcasts, they that? do talk. Who yeah, was they that? Do talk. Uh, the producers right. do talk. Jesus. What are you most excited for this summer? Let's go first. Oh, I will. Oh. My oldest is graduating, so I'm excited to get him out of the house. That's going to be a good day, right? I don't know. That, that's probably it. I'm just uh, kids are growing up, so got one graduating finally. He's going to make it. So nice. Going to graduate high school and have his associates from Samuel College High School all at the same time. So that's nice. kind of cool. Nice. Heck I'm yeah. ready for the warm weather. I've been cooped up. We've got cabin fever. Yep. It's been cold winter, so ready for the summer. 
projects and camping and fishing with the kids. Sounds like I'm going to have the my most camper. <laughs> I have uh, the <clears throat> pleasure of somewhat guiding my wife's entire family to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So there's 23 of us total going to go Holy from, cow. yeah, between. Uh, that sounds like a terrible experience. <clears throat> uh, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but that's just my whole thing is not about, you know, it'll, it'll be awesome. My wife's family is a lot of great people, but it's, um, it's just so many people. Like that's a lot of people to do. Hey, I'm hungry. Guess what? Oh, nope. 23 other people are hungry too. You know, 22 other people are hungry as well. So now we got to figure out something to do. Who gets a table for 22, 23? You can't. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. So who got uh, invited? Oh, what do you mean who got invited? Uh, anybody who wanted to go. My wife sent out this massive text to her entire family and almost everyone said yes. I don't know if we were planning on that. That's like inviting 100 people to your wedding and 100 people showing up. It just hardly ever happens. But I didn't get a text. Yeah, um, I did say my wife's family. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even invite any of my family. So, I mean, if that tells you anything. but So, yeah, that, that should be pretty interesting. Um, we're going to go to Gatlinburg for seven, six, seven days, six days, and then uh, go to Nashville for four or five days. So that'll be pretty fun. It's going to be pretty right in the dead of summer, too. So good, awesome. good oh. luck, you guys. Yeah. Sorry, I'll be gone for two weeks. Look, I'd, I'd rather be here working <laughs> when it's super busy than Tennessee in the middle of summer. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. So it's all about the kids, even though I'm the only one taking kids. So I got the only two under 14, I think. So that's great. So, um, I feel like it, I feel like here we have a lot of fun and, uh, a lot of interesting things arise, a lot of fun situations come up. So if Robbins was a re- reality TV show, what would the name of our TV show be called? Steve Michelle and the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably a pretty good name. Yeah. <laughs> running with it. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, uh, not, nobody else got a name of a reality TV show? <laughs> no. <That's>, no? <laughs> no. I'm just picturing what the episodes would look like. That would be a mess. Yeah, especially with us leading it. So our guys do pretty well out there. It's the leadership that is a <laughs> complete disaster. It's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a complete disaster. That's yeah. uh, so. Here's a fun one for our viewers. For those who watch this podcast, when you see this part of the the podcast, shout us out. Show us show us some names. Uh, maybe comment or. Wherever you can throw this, throw those at us. Come up with a reality TV show name for us. Yeah, okay. I, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, summertime, I think, brings a lot of community events, um, things that we're we've participated in for years, and and new things that we've done in the recent past. So, what's been your favorite community event that we've been involved in? I'm going to say the softball game. Softball game is a blast. That yeah. one's a lot of fun, good cause, and it just gets, again, builds that team camaraderie, and you get to have everybody from A to B out there, man, A to Z. It's it's fantastic. It's a good time. Doesn't matter your skill level or not. It's it's all out there, It's and it's fun. Heck, you're out on a diamond and having a good time. So mine's, uh, mine's definitely that softball game. I'm looking forward to this year. M&R, you're going down. Yeah. Way Shameless. down. Yeah. But... We haven't practiced at all. <laughs> we, uh, you realize that's coming up in like. You talking about practice? Three. Are we talking about practice? You talking about, about practice? practice? Um, I would probably be the fire truck pool. That was a lot of fun last year. We had never done that before, and uh, I don't remember how we got into that. I think that's that was on you or something. Yeah, that uh, Jared Stock came in and invited us. He's a police officer with Farmington. <laughs> And so they came in and invited us to come pull a tractor, and we had a bunch of skinny HVAC guys and whooped them. Somehow won. But yeah, I'm not yes. sure. I think how that was maybe the show. guys were against the the police department. The guys that were in the fire trucks and they were pumping the brakes. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it was mostly they were true. they were three times our size easily. It yeah. was it was a miracle to say the least. Yeah. yeah, that we actually could pull that off. So that was a lot of fun. I would say. Oh man, what what is my favorite one? The fair is a lot of fun. Maybe it's just because it's uh, maybe it's because it's uh, like nostalgia. But 
it's a good time. It's a little fun, long week, but you get to see a lot of people and change it up from the routine. You can always tell you thrive at the fair, too. Yeah. Your cowboy hat gets me every yeah. time, yeah. man. That big old cowboy hat. You're like, man, Richard's having the time of his life right <laughs> oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Something about Especially it. Especially with the auction. Yeah. Something about oh, it. Where did yeah. Richard go for yeah. four hours? I'm hiding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite part is always the next Monday is like, Richard, you realize we had a budget, right? It's not, <laughs> yeah. No budget. No. So I only doubled it. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not a big deal. Big of a deal. It's for the kids. Like, <laughs> you bought six cow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was having a sale yeah, yeah. yeah. no that's that is a good time going to the cell uh supporting those kids that's a lot of fun i think uh i don't know if it's a community event but i think one thing that uh, we really enjoyed doing is the furnace giveaway Ooh, yeah uh that that's a lot of fun um doing that helping helping members around our community out and and doing that for them so the softball game is 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 probably the funnest mm-hmm. um the first year was even funner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But the second year doing uh, doing for our charities, I think that was probably uh, a, a good thing to do. Um, you know, M&R had their charities. We had our charities, and it was just a fun way to get out and, and support local charities and do that. So I and, like that. Yeah, and the barbecue afterwards was a oh, lot of fun. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah, yeah barbecue and afterwards. I always love yeah. when we all get together and just kind of the kids are running around acting a fool, and I think they ended up playing soccer in the out outfield, and we all just kind of sat there and, and – Cussed and discussed and just had grilling a good old time. Good yeah, food grilling up some good food and had a good time. So with the wives and the kids, so good camaraderie too. I think Steve <laughs> should recap what charity we sponsored last year with the softball game because I think that's pretty cool and I don't know a lot of people know about that. Yeah, so um, we chose to to support the uh, Guardian Initiative last year, and that's a, a local charity that's been brought up to help uh, first responders with mental illnesses, and that one kind of hits a little. A little hard to home for us. Um, um, uh, just with the loss of my sister, uh, she was with the sheriff's office. But um, great group of guys. Uh, this last uh, December, they started out and they rode three thousand miles across the Atlantic Ocean to help raise awareness for that. And it was a, a great deal, and we were privileged enough to to help support them a little bit on their their adventure and doing that. So, and they've been doing that for for a little while, right? Yeah, a couple of years. They're still trying to get it off the ground, um, just helping still raise that awareness and, and money to help those that have to deal with all those tragic things that they see on a daily basis and help them work through those things. Yeah, that's nuts. That's a long... Where do they start from? <clears throat> Somewhere in Africa. So how do they get the boat? They put the boat on a plane? Because that's a big boat. Because yeah. we took a picture with <laughs> they it ship after it over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, they ship it over. I think it goes over on a cargo ship. Oh, okay. Ship the boat on a boat. They ship the boat, boat on a boat. boat. And then uh, they get to row it back. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Didn't mean to put Steve on the spot, but I appreciate <clears> you sharing that. In. Yeah. I think uh, it was just cool to me. They had an app where you could see where the boats were and, mm -hmm. yeah, the and see the teams. Yeah. And, and watch those guys because um, there were three three local guys and two were with the sheriff's department, right? Correct. Yeah. One and, of them's uh, retired. Yeah. So they were able to go out and do that. And it's cool to see their picture and see you move across the ocean. It's really cool. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Bow Up. So something that Zia Media Group got us involved with this year is a community event called Bow Up. And it's gained a lot of popularity over the last probably five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um and I just wanted to maybe highlight that a little bit. And it's a local charity that just goes out to help support families in need that have intensive medical bills usually. Um, and so they'll, or I should say, extensive medical bills. Um, but as far as that goes, they they put on a whole archery shoot. It's a 3D, um, using 3D targets and a huge turnout, lots of sponsors, lots of, lots of donations for raffles, and they usually put together pretty good of a chunk of money to help people with medical bills so we got a couple hunters in the room skylar we'll get him out there one of these days yeah, we'll like I said, I'd, I'd be a lot more accurate with a rock and that's not saying a lot so uh i don't know I, i've seen you throw a football yeah, you know, yeah. I, hey there was a person there whether he was on my team or not is completely beside the point okay there was a that's person there though that's very so. true we're gonna put we're gonna petition Bo up for a class called rocks yeah yes <laughs> Just if you've never even held a bow in your life, you can you throw a rock. Show up and throw a rock. <laughs> throw a rock and the closest wins. Turn it into a turkey shoot. That's but, awesome. 
Yeah, cool, cool way to be involved in the community. Um, maybe something to highlight would be how you guys feel like hunting's impacted your life. What what things you look forward to most in hunting season, and and what the things it's taught you are, and things like that. I think uh, just to hit on that with bow up, I, I think it's amazing watching local people help local people. Um, it's a, it's been a privilege for us to do some of that as we've grown up in, in, in our company and, and being successful. I think that's part of, uh, the responsibility of being successful is reaching out and helping those people. Um, so kudos to the team with bow up and, and what they're doing over there. So yeah, it's one of those deals when it, uh, when the results finally come in, the whole shop comes in and you got a bunch of depressed guys. <laughs> Mostly everyone's crying. <laughs> and two really happy guys. So yeah. it's Usually kind of the a, guys that are happiest are the quietest. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're the, the ones, ones that are standing up. in the corner. Yeah. How'd you do? I, I drew all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't take me to the parking lot, BBM. Please don't. You can come if you want. Yeah. yeah. It's the same Wednesday yeah. every year. Everyone walks into our company meeting, and I think someone died because I don't understand what's going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> is everyone crying? I don't understand why that's going on. So, yeah. Draw I, results came out. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as hunting goes, man, I've I, I grown up hunting, I've hunted my whole life. Uh, started archery hunting is really kind of how I got into it. Um, it just got harder and harder for my dad and my brother to draw out on a rifle tag. So my dad picked up a bow and about that time I was getting into it and absolutely fell in love with it. I had a guy that, uh, my dad knew that's a, a local, uh, outfitter and a guide, Art Martinez. He's the one that kind of brought me into elk hunting and introduced me to that. And I was hooked from day one. I just loved it. Loved the whole idea of calling elk in the middle of September and the thrill that comes with that is is like nothing else. I've never done drugs, so <laughs> I, I would assume that that high is similar to that. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun to get that big of an animal uh, that close to you, and to hear them bugle and do stuff like that. I archery hunt deer too as well, but if if I had to pick and choose, it would be archery elk in the middle of September. Love it. Yeah. There's nothing more like adrenaline rushed than to be right there, fifty yards or closer. And just have one scream in your face and coming in hot. Yeah. 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 I like too, if you able to go with some friends or something like obviously family, but it is kind of fun when you get, um, Steve came one time with me, archery hunting, we shot a bull and just that camaraderie and stuff that you get, um, sharing in the, in the woods with everybody. But when you're able to get something that close and able to, especially archery, able to stick one just how you're like five-year-olds again you know what i mean you're jumping around you're yeah. high-fiving you're crying you're, you're hugging, hugging your you, stuff yeah. you would never do outside of yeah the world. yeah uh, no idea dude it's yeah. it's it's a good time though you get you get to go out and again having a bull come in screaming however far it is just even just hearing them scream that immediately your adrenaline just starts going nuts you can't replicate that you can't. It's fantastic. Yeah, this last year, my uh, two older boys uh, decided that they wanted to try archery hunting, and they both killed elk with rifles and uh, muzzle loaders and stuff like that. But this is their first year to go archery elk hunting, and I have wanted that perfect scenario, and uh, we got it this year. Uh, just to introduce them to what I fell in love with and 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 what they like, and and they both got hooked. We didn't we didn't kill an elk, but. It was so much fun being out there with my boys and running around the woods and calling elk and yeah, missing elk and it's all part of bow hunting. Yep. So. The best part is you come back. I don't know if one of the best parts for me is you come back in the evenings and you're just dead beat tired from covering so much ground and the highs and lows of found an elk, we're on an elk, we lost him, whatever. And uh, then you come back and you eat a meal out of a bag and with some hot water you eat one of the dehydrated meals yeah. and and then you just sit there for about 30 minutes and pass out and go to sleep and then you get up at four o'clock in the morning and do it all over again it's just so much fun yeah i feel like hunting is such a roller coaster i don't oh, know what you like that's a you cry because you drew out you cry because you didn't draw out <laughs> you go hunting you cry because an elk comes in you cry because you miss it you cry like it's <laughs> a mess because you, you can't find it you shot it can't find it I feel like that's a that's a roller coaster. I don't it know is. if I can handle that, gentlemen. I'm not that uh, emotionally stable, so we'll see. We'll find uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> Next year you're putting in, and then we'll find out. That's me in the bush with a rock in here. <laughs> <laughs>
Cool. So yeah, if you get a chance, go out and support bow up. You don't have to be an archery shooter. You know, we talked a lot of hunting, but a lot of archery is also just competition shooters who target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. You know, they don't um, actually go hunting, but they shoot an you know a bow and shoot targets and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you get a chance, go out and shoot. You don't even have to be an archery shooter to go out and just donate to the raffles or purchase some raffle tickets and stuff like that. So let's move over a little bit more into HVAC now. Um, I want to get the, we've talked a little bit about like the fun stuff we get to do. Why did each of us choose the industry we're in? What makes you guys stay? What gives you the, the thrills to, to stick with it and make it, dedicate yourself to it? Um, well, I, I came from, especially since I moved here to Farmington, um, came from the oil field. And like I said, I knew Steve and Michelle far before that point. Um, and it was just, great timing um looking for something different and you know steve michelle presented me with an option um to come over into the hvac industry and i didn't know you know i knew the furnace gets the the house hot and at that point that was my first experience moving here was a swamp cooler so i didn't know anything about it um and just coming into the industry and learning more of the intricacies and everything along those lines with it and something new every day you know, it's it's a challenge every day. There's with the technology and stuff now, it's always evolving. So it always keeps you on your toes. And especially on the service side, uh, which is primarily where I've been, is again, you get to meet new people every day, new challenges, the whole nine. And it with the with that comes its own rewards. And so for me, that's where that's why I fell in love with it because it's it's some days you just come home and you're just beat either was a good day or a bad day but nonetheless it's it's something worth sticking with and you know with with everything you, you learned with the pandemic and stuff it's there's always going to be a need for for the industry that we're in so there's that security that a lot of people can't necessarily say that there is that they have so for me that's the security and it's it's something new and honestly the people i work with is that makes it all worth it he stole all of mine. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, same thing, right? I, I worked in the oil field before, um, before I came and it started doing HVAC. Um, started a dis different company and then I came over here, but I think the, the biggest thing is, like you said, the, the job security is, I mean, it's it, no matter how bad times get or how, you know, great the economy is or how bad the economy is, no matter what, you got to have heating and air conditioning. So, um, and that'll, that'll never change. People are going to be hot. They're going to be cold. It doesn't matter if we were, you know, in medieval times, you still had the people got hot and they got cold and they tried to find a way to fix it. And so, um, and, and then, Two other parts of that is one being part of, you know, this team, the Robbins team and being able to um, just attribute like and act like you're really putting in a, a good piece, you know, and you got a grasp on what's going on and you're kind of and you, you can feel yourself helping out the team and you feel appreciated, um, I think has a lot to do with it. Um, you don't find that everywhere. And so um, feeling appreciated is, is just something that that is so... Um, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. it, it it's, it's so underappreciated. Feeling appreciated is so underappreciated. Like people, you don't understand until you truly feel appreciated that, man, I've been missing something for a long time. So, um, another really cool aspect about it. So, and then, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's great. It's great. It, just aside from the industry, just, just Robbins in general has really been, you know, I've, I've always said if I didn't, if I didn't work here where I work now, I, I would, I wouldn't live here. I wouldn't live in Farmington. So, um, I, I always tell my wife that and she kind of, we go back and forth a little bit on that, but yeah, if I didn't work here, I, I would live somewhere else. So I feel like that, that also says a lot that, that it brings to the, to the community and, and not that Farmington is not a great place, but, um, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to go out and see the world. But I, I love working here, so I don't, I don't go that route. So down the road, dude. Yeah, I had, a, I had an old time contractor tell me one time. He said, "If you do business with me long enough, I'll mess up, but don't judge me how I mess up, but judge me by how I fix it." I fix it, yeah. and uh, oh, that always kind of stuck with me because our intention is not to go out and mess things up, right, and do things wrong the first time. But it happens for people, and so I think. One of my favorite parts of the industry is I think it attracts a lot of people with a servant's heart, kind of like what Skylar said, is just 
people who want to do good for people and it's a good fulfilling way to go out and be in somebody's home and correct an issue they're having and make them more comfortable and help their family you know i think everything's affected by how comfortable you are in your own home i remember growing up with a swamp cooler and being cranky and hot and everybody's cranky and hot and nobody wants to spend time together because it's just kind of hot in the house you know and it's just the dynamics of where we live but I think as you get to go out and, and people want to switch from a swamp cooler to AC and they've never experienced that before and they turn that AC on for the first time, they're like, oh, and that's awesome, you know, and, and just that, the feelings that you get of helping people feel comfortable in their own home, I think that's a, a huge fulfilling benefit of the industry. I kind of chose this industry by process of elimination. Uh, my dad uh, was an auto mechanic and uh, when I got of age I, I i bought a truck and when it would break down he would make me crawl underneath it and fix it and man i hated doing that <laughs> i don't know what it was but you'd break that knuckle and finally get the bolt loose and all the dirt falls in your eyes and all that stuff so <laughs> never ever ever wanted to crawl underneath the car and so i had a cousin that uh was living with me at the time i was a senior in high school and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do and so he had uh, talked about um, a career day that he had had in high school and there was a tech school in Phoenix called UTI and uh, they offered a couple of different courses automotive and diesel but I already knew I didn't want to do that um, I love drawing and but they had a, a CAD class and so I was going to go into CAD he was going to go into HVAC and so we had a recruiter come up and uh, she was talking to us about things that we like and asked if I like computers Everybody knows I love computers, right? <laughs> and and then she also asked me if I was the kind of person that could sit all day long at a computer, and that's that's just not me, right? And so I ended up doing HVAC with my cousin. I had no idea what HVAC was, and I was 17 years old, but we were going to go to Phoenix and make it happen. So that's what we did, and uh, so that's kind of how I came came into the industry. Um, why I've stuck with it for the last 25 years. Um, for me, it's the challenge. I, I love being challenged uh, physically. Um, I love being challenged mentally with the service side of stuff. Physically is going to be that install side. I'm not saying service guys don't physically work hard. They just are larger. Than, uh, <laughs> <laughs> than, the, uh, than the installers crawling around in attics and stuff. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Drew. It's anyway, fine. it's fine. It's so, fine. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the same thing that Drew said, right? I get to meet a lot of people um, and, and a lot of great people. I work with contractors, work with uh, homeowners, stuff like that, and, and get to help solve issues and stuff like that. And that's that's really what I enjoy about it. Um, through the years, as as the company's grown, my role has changed quite a bit. Um, I'm not and in the field as much as I used to be. Um, I enjoy doing the training side and watching guys learn the, learn the craft and learn how to do what they what they do. Um, so that that's some that I really enjoy doing now. But I really like installing and service still. I'd love it. Mm -hmm. So I think we hit a little bit of each of our whys, why we're here, why we why we like it so much. You know, I think why gives us a lot of purpose in life if we don't have a why behind why we do something. Um, there's not really a reason to do it. And uh, another another saying that I heard one time was the what informs and the why transforms. And so I think a lot of people know what we do, but it's cool to be able to get out there a little bit of why, why the industry's transformed us, why it's helped us be the people we are today. Um, I know on this podcast here, the last few episodes, we've talked a lot about technical things. Today, I wanted to hit maybe one favorite part of the industry that's not technical. And we might have covered a little bit of that in that last question, but just if you could narrow down to one thing that's not a technical aspect of the industry, what's your favorite part? And you could probably get this from any industry, but I think my favorite part is, you know, when a group of us go out to lunch or something like that and, you know, all of a sudden we get up to go leave, you know, and pay our check and they're like, oh, no, that, that gentleman right over there took care of you guys' check for you. Happens to be a customer of ours that we did an install for a year and a half ago you know that just shows going back to the appreciation thing it just that's a really cool feeling that that they notice us see us remember our face whenever they see us come in um they're they're generous enough to do something like that for us so 
just that gratitude you get off of knowing, hey, man, I, I, I really helped that guy so much that he was willing to pay $70 for, you know, four of us to have lunch that day and, and not even come up and say anything about it. He just did it. So that's, that, that happens to us quite a bit. So we, uh, we really appreciate that. And I think that's, that's really, it's really awesome. It's a cool, cool aspect of it. So, um, Richie kind of touched on it. He talked about being a servant's heart. <clears throat> and for me, that's outside of technical. I, I do enjoy helping people, um, whether it's somebody I know or not, you know what I mean? I enjoy, going into a situation where somebody needs something and I'm fortunate enough to be able to help them. So for me, I, that's one of the best things I enjoy is knowing that at the end of the day, I helped however many people get comfortable, like what you talked about before. That's, that's pretty cool. I don't necessarily have to see the end result. You know what I mean? I don't have to see something in the end, but for me, knowing that I helped somebody, that's, that's good enough for me. I think it's pretty cool when the, so we have a new a new comfort advisor. His name's Juan, and uh, he's a pretty cool, dude. We like him a lot for when he watches this, just so he knows that I like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you don't tell your kids you love them, and then and then some roundabout way, this is how I tell you that I love you. I'm That's right. <laughs> Won't ever say it to your face. Um, but he, so when he started with us, he started in the warehouse, and then he moved over into sales, and and uh, he went out and. And uh, was able to offer a duct cleaning to some customers of ours, and uh, they they purchased the duct cleaning service. And then, uh, as he moved full time into actually offering systems and started to go in and do the sales part on on systems for furnaces, ACs, swamp coolers, all that, um, they called back in and said, "We'd also want to switch over to refrigerated air from our swamp cooler, um, but we'd like to request one." And I think that's probably one of my favorite aspects of the industry is in service and install and what we do. It seems like you go and you develop a relationship with somebody and then that's that's their go-to person, right? It, Robin's is here to back back those people, I'm, right? We're here to stand behind Juan and what he does. Um, but it's cool to see guys develop those relationships and then those customers are like, hey, that's my go-to guy. I want Brandon to come service my unit. I want you know, Trevor to come back and install my system for me, you know, whatever it might be, just as, as far as the, the requests go. I think that's pretty cool when somebody's developed a relationship to the point where a customer will request somebody in specific. So, yeah. One thing that uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this yet, but, um, we, uh, Yes, my wife's pregnant. Yes, we, are, we already got what yes, else you yeah. got. Yeah, no. <laughs> Drew, you don't have your to worry about <laughs> we're, we're good. We're, Everybody yeah. has to look at Drew when that <laughs> comes up. He's on like so, eight now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we've been working at this for, for quite a while as a team. And and yesterday we finally hit 1,000 uh, Google reviews. And that's one thing, you know, just knowing that our customers appreciate what we do. I know that we've been talking about that for a bit now. Um, it's never a fun day when you wake up or you come home from work and your air conditioner's not working or your heater's not working or whatever. And so, you know, to, to have that group of individuals that, that we have, um, that are those servants' hearts that go out there and, and um, take care of the customers and, and make them feel good in their homes. And then having the great customers that we do that are willing to give that feedback and, and let us know. I mean, we appreciate the, the feedback that may not be so positive so we can help and try and improve and, and move forward but i would say that we we've got some amazing amazing customers absolutely yeah Wahoo. that's pretty cool um what's your why personally what do you what do you guys think as far as like why you get up and go to work every day what's what's the reasoning behind your own personal why i think we talked a little bit about the company's why and why we enjoy what we do in the industry but what's your what's your personal why and this being something we've kind of talked about before, but, um, I mean, personally, obviously we're probably going to have pretty similar answers as, Hey, we all got to have a family we have to take care of. We all have a mortgage. We all have truck and car payments, razor, whatever it is. Um, but for me, I just, I want to be the most successful person that I know. Um, sounds, you know, what, what cliche or however you want to say it. But, um, at the same time, I want to be like, if someone else lined up next to me, I think Steve is the same way. And I think he's mentioned this is like, I don't, you're not going to outwork me. Like you, you better get after it because I'm, you, it's going to, you better pack your lunch today. Cause it's going to be a long day. 
because I'll fall eventually, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but um, whenever you you do have that aspect, um, I just it, it, something just in my head like it's just success, man. It's just chasing that success and just being like just making myself feel accomplished and knowing that I've supported my wife and my kids the the best way possible is. Um, is I think huge to me and not just, you know, just bare minimum. Some people are that way. They want to bare minimum get by. But, um, I mean, that goes back to raising the bar and that's, that's, that's huge. It's just making sure you, you put your best foot forward every morning. Um, even though it's kind of hard, you wake up grumpy. Sometimes you wake up not feeling too hot. You wake up this and that. I mean, everybody has their own excuse, but at the end of the day, it's like, did you, did you show up and did you do what you, you set out to do that day? So I think that's a, that's a huge why for me. I'll piggyback on that, right? I mean, there's, I do, I, I wake up for my kids and my, my wife and, and definitely want to provide a good, uh, a good living for them and, and opportunities that I'd, I'd like to see them have. But for me, you know, there's a, there's people that work to live and there's people that live to work. I'm a live to work guy. If I, if I'm sick and I have to stay home, God, I go nuts, man. <laughs> I I just, I like working. If I'm not working here i'm tearing my house apart and remodeling something and piling this or just for fun tear the sheetrock off of that and put it right back up and see what happens so i just uh, i'm a guy that really needs to stay busy so that's one of mine yeah i think a why for me is uh i like to feel successful i think uh, not to get too political but there's a lot of people in the world today that are motivated to not feel successful because they have they have the ability to stay at home and still make a somewhat of a living and stuff like that. And But I think mentally and emotionally and all of that, the, the ill effects uh, of that not being successful and not going out and working for something and trying to achieve something, um, I, I, I don't know if that's maybe the root cause of what Steve said as far as feeling that way, being feeling like, man, I, I don't like being at home. I want to be at work. It's just and, and you don't have to be at work, right? I think your personal why can just be like, I, I want to feel successful in what I do. And emotionally, that brings some peace of mind. That feel brings some satisfaction to your life. Whereas if you just feel like you've never accomplished anything and you've just, you know, never, never done anything, I think mentally that just weighs on you as far as never achieving. So for me, I like to feel successful. I like to feel like, man, maybe it's because I'm competitive. I have a competitive nature about me and I, I want to win at what I do. I don't want anybody to beat me. Um, at what I do. And so I'm, I want to go out and be successful. Yeah. I mean, it, it all goes hand in hand with the, what everybody said, you know, I mean, obviously I've got a wife and kids I got to provide for and, you know, by going to work and, you know, every day it's showing our kids what hard work, dedication can get you in life, you know? Um, but for me, I think, you know, it was a realization, like Skylar said, you know, we've, we've touched on this before and, you know, there for a little bit for me, there was a struggle. Um, but realistically, you know, when it comes down to it, my why is we've got a great leadership team and a great team in general at Robbins. And so for me to be successful, I've got, I've got to be successful so everybody else can be, you know, so if I, don't do something well or I start slacking, that means I'm letting everybody else down, you know? So for me, that's my why, because realistically, it's not that a lot of hinges on me, but at the same time, you know, I look up to everybody at this table as far as everybody else in the company as well. So for my why is, is strictly, I got to make sure that I hold up my end so I don't let everybody else down. You know what I mean? So I like to be a pillar. I'm built like a pillar, right? You are a service guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am a service guy. You know what I mean? Round, round and large. Yeah, so, but, you know, I mean, that's it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd like to consider myself like a pillar. And if I can't be, if you guys can't rely on me, then then that's not good. So that's my why. Well, you know, just to hit on that, I, as a moment of vulnerability, a couple of years ago, we had a, a where we go out and do our, our yearly planning. And I think at the same time, Drew and I were both struggling with our whys at that moment, mm -hmm. right? I mean, luckily, we we there's not one leader to this team. And, you know, there's three others that were like, what's your guys' problem, right? You got to find that why. And it was tough. Both of us had to do some soul searching on, on what our why was because things change, right? Um, 
definitely things and dynamics and the, and the company change and I'm not out there. I love being out in the field. I love working hard and that's not my position anymore. And it's hard to let go of that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that drives me for so much of, of just being needing to be busy and then changing that why and trying to figure out what that new why is that makes you want to come and get it. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes those whys are, have a shelf life on them and then we got to move forward and and grow as individuals and make that happen so that was pretty interesting that was a, that was a rough that was a rough one yeah that was so. a good drive though yeah. that was a good drive <laughs> you know why it doesn't have a shelf life i didn't mention it's vacation i love to take vacations <laughs> <laughs> obviously traveling yeah. vacation yeah. is a blast to me and that's a, i mean it's kind of dumb it's not real heartfelt but you know th there's nothing more fun than taking your kids somewhere where they've never been and just watching them just have a freaking blast is mm -hmm. is a, a lot of fun to me so you should take my kids to New Orleans and watch them have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> or they were pretty upset, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were, they were <laughs> they not were impressed with New Orleans. Oh, that's good. All right. One, one thing that we talk about at Robbins quite a bit is raising the bar. I think we talked about that today a little bit, just as far as I think all of these things come down to not doing the bare minimum, but uh, going above and beyond. And to me, that's the definition of raising the bar, right, is – you can come in, you can do the bare minimum, you can just kind of get by and, and do what's expected of you. Um, but what's what's one thing in your life where you seek to raise the bar? How, and how do you go about accomplishing it, I guess I could say? We've talked about why we want to do things, what what we're doing, but how do you go about doing it? Um, I, I don't know. We'll punt. We'll see how this goes. Um, I would say just never stop learning. You know what I mean? Whether it's in the industry or at home with, you know, you personally. Already, you already used that phrase on another podcast. You're that's okay. With another one. Yeah, no, that's what I'm running with. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like realistic, whether it be relationship books um, at home to help better your relationship with your wife or, you know, reading books on how to be a better parent. And, you know, so, and even in the industry here, um, podcasts and different things that's changing in the industry um, but just never stop learning because in my opinion, you, you, you just, you can't ever stop because if you get stagnant, then it's no good. Stagnant water attracts mosquitoes and I hate mosquitoes. <laughs> you like that? Huh? Okay. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, you came up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Original. Never, never stop Original. learning. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> man, I, uh, I think one thing that we put a lot of work into um, here at work, like at Robbins, is um, raising the bar is, is people don't understand countless hours it goes into getting the right people on the bus. Um, phrase we use a lot, um, kind of we hire people off of that. We we don't care what you're good at, what you, you know, as long as you have the same morals and the same values of, uh, as us and, and finding those people isn't always easy. Us as a leadership team, I think we spend hours and hours and hours of, you know, booking and calling and scheduling and interviewing and um, doing, you know, all the all the aspects that go into that. And people don't don't really realize that. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of that at other companies. So um, there may be few and far between that do that. So I feel like as far as Robbins goes and as far as, you know, the, the way we the way we hire people is is raising the bar, trying to make sure that we make sure we get the right people on the bus. So six months down the road, when we get them trained up and they're out in a truck on their own, we know that they're putting their best foot forward and, and doing the right thing. So just doing all the back work and all the legwork before um, just making sure we send people out, you know, a year later is 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 huge, I think. So for me. I would hate to be my son or one of my kids <laughs> or one of my employees. Um, I, I hold myself to a very high standard and I hold those around me to a very high standard. There's been times where I've gone to installs and told them to rip it out and start over. Right. I mean, Skyler knows that. Um, and Unfortunately. He's like, he's like, Hey dude, that costs money. I understand that costs money, but it doesn't look right. Rip it out and start over. Um, yeah, uh, thing, things to that nature. I think that's that's why we've we've been able to be successful, is is holding those higher expectations, and and it's not just from me, right? When we get the right people on the bus, like Skyler said, our leads expect that from our our, our apprentices, and and that that kind of just rolls down the hill. So we set that precedence early on, 
And uh, I think that's one way that we we try to raise the bar here. I love it. Um, I think one of the things we touched on for me raising the bar in the construction industry as a whole is we see the horror stories of people that paid money to get it get something didn't get what they paid for right um and just giving a good warranty is something i feel like we do very well at raising the bar again i kind of brought the point of we're not perfect we'll stand behind our stuff and unfortunately that does cost money and time to do that but that's not something that you see that's real common in the industry here and there you see certain contractors that'll stand behind their stuff and make it right and when they make a mistake they'll fix it but uh, i've seen and heard the horror stories of people that you know so to speak got taken advantage of and, and uh, paid for a product or a service and didn't get what they paid for and then never there was n never anything done to make that right so raising the bar i think comes with a good warranty i think another thing is <clears throat> the industry itself not just hvac but uh, the whole construction industry um a lot of times they just don't show up or don't show up when they say they're going to show up or they tell you they'll be there and they don't show up um, one thing that we pride ourselves on, we may not be able to get to you till next Wednesday, but we're going to get to you next Wednesday, right? And so we try to keep those commitments. Uh, very rarely do we have stuff fall through the cracks. I mean, weather permitting, sometimes we've got to reschedule an install or something like that. We've got service work that's uh, on a pro panel roof with snow. Uh, you know, there's times and instances where we can't make it uh, due to safety situations and and stuff like that but that's one thing that we really try to do is when we set the appointment we're going to show up for that appointment and the, the allotted time yeah i, I like that too because it's one of those things where over under promise and over deliver it's hard to it's hard to tell somebody if you're going to have to be hot for a couple of weeks before we can get to you but when we can promise that and then actually deliver on it is is huge to me right instead of running the old cook spaghetti noodle schedule where it's like oh i think we can squeeze you in tomorrow and then have to call and eat crow and tell them wow we actually can't be there we're gonna have to push that out an extra week and then i can't be there again i'm gonna have to push that out. all right man it drives me crazy so I, I love that we were able to fine-tune that and and keep that schedule and a lot of that is like when we're when we're choosing our distributors too right that's one of the things that's one of the, the kind of the deals that we lay down like hey we may not be like all the other hvac companies you you distribute parts and equipment and all that jazz too we if you're not gonna you know give us the support on the back end and, and get us the equipment and do what you can and and our word is our bond is if you're not going to be that way then we we can't we can't have you on and we can't be using you so i think that's that's another huge part of something that goes into the back end that people don't really realize too as well as our distributors have a lot to do with that if they do if they do what they're going to say they do so cool any final thoughts? Anything anybody wants to pitch in last minute? Oh, I was just thinking while we, while we were talking a minute ago as far as raising the bar, we've got uh, one of our guarantees upfront pricing where it's free. And we've had to eat stuff because we didn't give the pricing up front. Um, I think it, it's, it's nice for the customer to know what that's going to run, right? especially on the service side where, mm -hmm. you know, the customer may be looking at the clock and this guy's charging hourly and he had to go grab a part, but he was gone for two hours. Am I paying for this? Am I doing that? You know what I mean? This is a lot of peace of mind with the customer when we show up. It's, hey, this is what it's going to cost you, right? We have to do the diagnostic and we got to figure out what's wrong with it. And once we figure that out, we can give you an upfront price. You agree to it or don't, right? It doesn't matter if we're there for, hopefully not there for six hours, <laughs> yeah. changing out a blower motor. Um, but it, it's something where they don't have to worry at the end of it. Well, what is this going to cost? We're going to give that to them up front on the sales side, on the install side, on the service side, all the way around. So I think that's kind of kind of a nice thing for the customers to to know. So cool uh, i was just looking at the board it's just um just again on the theme of raising the bar i mean what our mission statement which we recite every every wednesday every tuesday in our leadership meetings um and then we have our we have our own mission statement for install but um i mean that's how dedicated we are to making sure that we're all on the same page and we have communication in and out and we have all these things that come from from every aspect and we're you know we we reach there uh, we strive to reach uh 100 customer satisfaction all the time we we recite that every wednesday to just to just 
you know, put that into people's minds so they think about it every time they go out the door. You know, you can't, I guarantee you, every single person, even the new guys by now, can remember every single word and recite it, you know, if you ran up and asked them. And it's funny because I know that because anytime someone just starts a sentence with we are and i'm always like dedicated to building a team of <laughs> like every time in my head i do that so it's just it's it, it's just raising the bar just making sure that our communication is there with all the guys and we all have the same mission and we're all rowing in the same direction so it's so funny to watch a new guy for the very first week when we all start into that like hey yeah. man you gotta start drinking the kool-aid it's yeah. on the wall read it with us yeah yeah i and think the, for me it's it's the five-star customer experience Right. I mean, like Richard said, I mean, we're, we're human. We, we falter it sometimes, but you know, we try, we strive for that five stars. You know, that's, that's what we shoot for on a daily basis. Um, and that's everybody that goes out, you know, so for me, that's a huge thing in the world today when it comes to customer service and, or their lack thereof, I should say. Um, you know, we try to make sure that you have the best experience that you can. And that's what we preach both in the company meeting, individual meetings for sales, install, service, the whole nine. A lot of it is customer based and trying to make sure that the customer understands what's going to happen in the job all the way through asking for that review at the end. You know, like Steve touched on earlier, we take a lot of pride in those reviews. Again, like Skylar talked about too, there's a lot of back work that we do that people don't see to make sure that 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 review happens. You know, so that's huge, and it's 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 awesome to see it grow. It's amazing from when Richard and I started to where we are now, doing a podcast. Are you kidding me? I would have never thought almost nine years ago we would be on a bench, on a bench. doing a podcast. You bench. know, on a bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, but that's all comes down to our focus on customer service and that experience they're getting. So, yeah, I, uh, I always had hopes and dreams for a podcast. I don't know about you guys, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure happy we're here. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, oh, huge shout out Wahoo to our customers and clients, the people that have got us to a thousand reviews. Steve shouted them out, but I just as, as we conclude the podcast, just want to let you guys know that we appreciate you and, and we definitely couldn't do anything without clients and customers and we really really appreciate you guys and letting us serve you and and let you letting us take care of you we do appreciate the good feed, feedback as well as the negative feedback and and uh i think if it's always all the time good there's never any way to improve right so mm-hmm. it's nice to see when we can improve and and when we need to do change things up and and that's part of raising the bar too is taking you know critical advice and and applying it and changing it and becoming better with it so um, from all of us here at Robbins signing off on this one appreciate you being here with us Till next time thank you thank Thanks. you